Welcome to the NFL Insights Podcast, powered by Pinnacle. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Eager, alongside PFF data analyst Ben Brown to help guide you through the world of the NFL with week-to-week reflections and projections. Ben, you and I, we went to Kansas City, a pilgrimage, a football pilgrimage uh, to the, the great state of Missouri, uh, you know, during the college football playoffs. Uh, then we went and saw the, the Chiefs um, you know, win a big game in Arrowhead, keep their number one seed uh, chances alive against the Denver Broncos. I, I really enjoyed it. We the, the week was capped off, unfortunately, of course, with uh, the sad news of DeMar Hamlin, um, you know, having a cardiac arrest on the field. He's currently in critical condition. Things seem to be trending the right way. But that game, of course, to get rid of Cincinnati and Buffalo um, was rightfully postponed. Um, so we, we have a little bit of a cloudy situation in the AFC and the playoffs at large. Um, but besides that, Ben, let's talk just about the football that, that was played in week 17. What were your reflections on week 17? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of like you initially said, the Chiefs obviously very much in line to, uh, you know, potentially secure that number one overall seed. Like, like you said, like the, the, the pending information still to come with the Bills Bengals obviously is very much going to play a role in that. But, uh, I think, you know, specifically when we're kind of evaluating the playoffs and betting and everything else, like, who ends up with that number one seed in the AFC is going to be at such an advantage over the other teams that very clearly are, you know, uh, I would say in the same tier as them, the three teams sitting at the top of the AFC. So I think that's a pretty, you know, probably the biggest takeaway, um, you know, on top of that, like some, some, some teams in the NFC very much look like pretenders. I would say some teams maybe looked for real as well. We kind of have it, um, you know, looking at like from PFF simulation perspective, there are definitely some teams with, that don't really have a lot to play for, I would say, um, you know, as far as like playoff season and those sorts of things, specifically like the Giants locked into the sixth seed, um, you know, the the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 100% locked into the number four seed. And then, the, you know, both the Vikings uh, and the Cowboys as well, over 80% chance of staying in that seed that they're currently in as well. So I, I think from that perspective, there's teams that could very much, I would say, kind of rest as we move um, you know, into week, week 18, whenever that actually ends up playing out. But the AFC is so tight and so convoluted and so complicated that, uh, you know, if you're looking for betting opportunities, I would very much, I would say, probably gravitate towards the NFC side. So I think that's the one where we're going to understand a lot more about where these teams are lining up heading into week 18. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just for, you know, uh, completion's sake, there are some of these markets, especially the AFC and then the Super Bowl champion, those markets are down because there is uncertainty. Um, associated with what is going to happen to the week 17 game between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Um, but let's, let's just, you know, let, let's play in the, in the, uh, the waters that we know here. Um, for the NFC championship winner, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have not yet secured the one seed in the NFC. Um, they're plus 202 to win the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers are plus 212. Um, right sort of nipping at their heels after, uh, a really close, uh, win against the Vegas Raiders in Vegas the other day. Uh, there's a little bit of a drop off. Then it goes to Dallas at plus 464. Tampa Bay, I think, kind of surprisingly, to, you know, you know, folks from where we're from in Minnesota, um, uh, Tampa Bay is actually has better odds uh, than the Minnesota Vikings, plus 908. The Vikings there are plus 1060, followed really closely by the Green Bay Packers at plus 1079. Um, and then from there, it's the Giants, Lions, and Seahawks all at 25 or one or worse. Um, ben, do you think that there's any value? Uh, in this NFC championship uh, market here on Pinnacle. 
I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't be surprising any listeners at this point in time, but just in looking at this and where teams are ranked and where teams are going to fall from a seeding perspective and the fact that the Vikings are very much in line to face off against what I would consider to be probably the least scary team in the NFC playoff race, you know, in the New York Giants, that might not be a spot where they're, uh, you know, have heavy favorites at home. But, you know, if they win that game, you know, th- th- there's a case to be made for them maybe beating a 49ers team if they do get a bad version of Brock Purdy and do get some of that good fortune that they've had to start the season. So them at, you know, a little bit over 10 to 1 odds plus 1060 or something on Pentacle. Like if I'm looking for, you know, a-, a bet right now, I think that's probably the only one that I would consider to be maybe just a little bit uh, a-, a-, a little bit longer than what it should be right now. Now, so that's probably the only spot. Can you get on board with that, though, given how abysmal they've looked at certain stretches, especially, you know, as we're kind of trying to wrap up the regular season with them? Well, you know, I look at PFF, my old employer, that you look at their simulation, they have 11% chance uh, to win the NFC. Um, you know, I think that that's, you know, that that does, you know, imply, um, you know, some opportunity there. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, what 11% ends up being, uh, you know, that, that I believe, you know, you, you should be able to get some value there. Um, I, you know, I, I see a path, right? I don't think that there are great paths for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, to winning this, to winning the NFC, but here's one. Um, if you, if you look at it there, let's things, let's say things play out the way that they're supposed to and you get, you know, Philadelphia, um, beats the Giants this week. Uh, you know, that, you know, but the Giants finished nine and seven. They, they're locked into the six seed, nine, seven, right. one. Um, Philadelphia gets the one seed, uh, 49ers get the two seed, Vikings get the three seed, you know, Bucks are already locked in at the four seed, Dallas five. Uh, and then you get to, um, you know, let's say, let's say it's Seattle or Detroit or Green Bay. Let's say Green Bay. Okay. Well, in round one, the Vikings have already beaten the Giants at home. You know, it's not going to be easy, I don't think. Um, but they could do that for sure. Um, you know, Dak is a kind of quarterback who, you know, has, and we've seen it before, a three interception game in him, right? So even right. though I think Dallas will be favored against Tampa on the road in week one, uh, they could get knocked off there. Then, you know, and, and, and this is like the sticky wicket, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming out of, you know, the only Super Bowl he's ever won has come from this, the lowest seed in the NFC back in 2010. If they go on the road and you get, you know, a matchup between Brock Purdy and Aaron Rodgers, I know the rosters obviously matter. To that as well, but Aaron Rodgers, let's say for the first time in his career, outduels uh, San Francisco in the playoffs. Then you 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 reseed everything. Philadelphia gets Green Bay, um, you know, and then the Vikings would end up getting uh, the Vikings would end up being Tampa Bay at home, right? Um, and, and then you know, then anything can happen, you know. And then you have Green Bay against Philadelphia. We've already seen the outcome of that game, but it's hard to beat a team twice in one year. Uh, and then obviously, I think the Vikings would be favored at home against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. So that's the path. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind a bet there, uh, given, you know, that, you know, I think what we would make it, um, you know, it, it, you know, is, is, is less than, you know, uh, you know, 10 to one or so. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that one a lot, Ben. Uh, and, you know, I think it's a good suggestion. And in fact, you're buying them obviously at their low point. Uh, right. and you know, this team, the Vikings have been doubted a lot this year. And I think for the most part, the markets have been right about them. Um, but in this case, I think it's a good bet. 
Right. Definitely. And I agree with you. And, that, and that's kind of, I think needs to be approached. Like you said, the AFC definitely down right now, tons of uncertainty, make sure you, you know, you're obviously monitoring like the, the specific book information of where you're at with some of those bets as well. You know, understanding the cash of like win totals, division futures and all those other things, because it is uh, very interesting and chaotic times, I would say from a sports betting perspective. So what do you, what are you seeing here for week 18? I mean, obviously you touched a little bit on, you know, your restore the word of the Detroit lions, Seattle Seahawks. You didn't mention them at least as far as like being opportunities from the NFC's perspective, but do you think there's a chance, you know, th- that either one of those two teams gets in and is it just not a fair enough price? I would say to maybe lay something on them to get uh, or to potentially win the NFC or is it just the fact that you kind of, um, you know, even if they do get in, probably don't have a good enough shot to actually get through the NFC at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think if the nine if the Niners end up place facing Detroit in the round one of the playoffs, it's just like you know that Niners team has given you know the Rams a ton of fits when Goff was their quarterback. Um, you know, I, I just like look, the Lions are a wonderful story. Uh, I really hope they make the playoffs because obviously we had futures on them at around four to one to do so. I don't think they're going to do anything once they get in the playoffs, but I, I'd love to see it happen. I, you know, the Rams um, are a team. You know, they, you know, the Rams gave the Seahawks a game, uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, covered, did not end up winning, but, you know, very well gave the Seahawks a game there. Um, the Rams also don't have a, a draft pick to play for, you know, they, they gave that to Detroit. So, you know, there's really no reason for them to rest people. Um, so I think that there is a better than, you know, uh, puncher's chance that, that the Rams win and then you go, and that Sunday night game, Detroit versus Green Bay is truly for that seventh seed in the NFC. That would be wonderful. Um, but I just don't see Detroit doing anything with that playoff spot. I don't see, see Seattle doing anything with that playoff spot either. I think, you know, we, we've already seen Seattle play the 49ers, uh, and that's been a bloodbath both times, you know, right, and, and right. I don't think Seattle is, is uniquely suited to beat the Niners. Uh, even if it is a third time, it is hard to beat a team three times in one year, but like, I don't think that that applies. Out of that particular game. So, um, you know, let, let, let's, let's talk about week 18. Um, you know, again, with the cloud of uncertainty, we don't know necessarily if they're actually going to play these games, um, or, you know, what they're going to do here about, you know, motivational factors associated with them. Um, but, you know, let, let, you know, for example, Ben, if they decide that Cincinnati Buffalo is a tie, then Bengals Ravens no, no, is no longer for the NF, the AFC North. The AFC right. North would go. To Cincinnati. So just know that. And, 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 you know, my advice would be don't bet those games unless you have inside information about what is actually going to happen with the league, uh, vis-a-vis, uh, those games. So, right. uh, let, let's stick away from those though. And let's also stick away from games that really don't have any implications. Let's start with one that actually kind of does the New York Jets going on the road, um, to face the Miami Dolphins. Um, I being the holder of a Miami Dolphins under eight and a half wins ticket. Um, I got a ton of flack from people on the internet halfway through the season when the Jets were eight and three about how bad of a, of a, you know, of a bet that was funny. We're now in a situation where the Dolphins are only minus 115 to beat the Jets at home in week 17. Uh, it's going to be either Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson to play for the Dolphins. The Jets are going to go with Mike White again. It appears total on this game 38. Ben, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the Mike White train, hype train hit a little bit of a skid roll last week, but I think that's kind of who he is, right? That's the same scenario that we saw play out last year when he did get over the starting job, kind of had a couple decent games and then very much, I would say, kind of fell apart at the end. So this is very much a matchup that it seems like Skylar Thompson's going to be in the fold and be that guy for the Miami Dolphins. I think Teddy Bridgewater, hand laceration is going to have difficulty, I would say, kind of playing through that injury. So very much this is going to come down to whatever quarterback probably honestly just minimizes the mistakes and whose run game is actually successful enough, I would say, to break off enough chunk plays and, and win this one outright. But I think the Jets, given where they're at defensively uh, and, and kind of how far ahead we have them from you know a rankings perspective and defense and coverage specifically, like I think it's going to be tough for Skyler Thompson-led defense to put up enough points uh, in this matchup. So I do probably lean a little bit in the Jets' direction, um, and I think that's probably the only spot that you can play given the uncertainty at the quarterback position right now yeah i would say and i actually got this question from, from a friend earlier if you are sitting on dolphins under nine or dolphins under eight and a half and you do want to hedge i do think a you know it, it, it just depends upon your personal preference but in the case of the dolphins jets game you do want to probably wait until kick because the jets right. have taken money uh you know week after week after week um, against, you know, they've lost week after week after week. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But the Jets took money against the Lions. The Jets took money against the Jaguars. The Jets took money, um, uh, you know, this past week against the Seahawks. They closed favored in that game on the road. Um, and they've been taking money this week. It opened uh, Dolphins in some spots at minus 140. Now in Pinnacle, you're at minus 115. Um, you probably, if you're going to want to hedge that under bet uh, with the Dolphins, you're probably going to want to wait until kick to do it. Um, which brings me to another bet because, you know, again, um, you know, this, this is another one where if you're sitting on, you know, uh, a win total under, uh, for the Panthers, for example, I believe, well, no, the Panthers want to, is fine. It's cash. And we, we said we weren't going to talk about Bengals, uh, or sorry, Bills versus New England. New England's currently at eight. Their win total was eight and a half. That's another one where, again, you want to wait until, um, you know, you know all the information about that game before right. you hedge because you're probably you don't want to sit on a bad number uh, in that game. So just wait on that one. Um, l- let's talk uh, about a game that uh, you know th- this does have playoff implications. Um, it's the and and it does also lean into one of our preseason win total bets. The Dallas Cowboys laying five on the road against the Washington Commanders. It's trending towards six minus one nineteen on five. Um, Commanders started seven and five. You thought, okay, if you have a seven and a half over for Washington or an alt eight and a half over, you were sitting pretty good. Um, they went oh one and one combined against the Giants since then, uh, which was your out. Uh, and then last week they went to Carson Wentz, uh, and they could have only muster, you know, nothing against really, uh, that Cleveland team, even as favorites at home. Um, dude, is there any chance, uh, you know, now that Dallas is playing for something that you end up cashing your Washington over? Seven and a half ticket. Yeah, I mean, this this is tough. Obviously, kudos to the schedule makers for making this one just a little bit difficult with putting the Giants and Eagles in the same matchup. But Giants have absolutely nothing to play for in that Eagles matchup. Spreads, you know, opened up at 13 and a half all the way up to 14 now. So uh, I, I think this is very much a spot where, you know, the Cowboys could 
be up early, especially at halftime and kind of be scoreboard watching. And maybe they realize that the Eagles game has kind of gotten so far out of hand that there's no real reason for them to actually be playing. They are going to be that five seed. Maybe that's the spot where we can get the commanders to come through the back door here. So uh, that would probably be the one hope, but uh, it's very much a spot that I think, you know, I I don't want to touch any part of the Dallas Cowboys right now, especially given the, the lack of motivation that could develop here relatively quickly. So maybe you, you, you know, just want to double down on the commanders if you have their overwind total and maybe get something on, you know, plus six, plus five and a half. I think it's plus five and a half at Pinnacle right now. Um, that's probably the oh, plus five, actually. So it looks like commanders are taking some money with the expectation that maybe the Cowboys aren't running their horses out, I would say, for all four quarters here coming up on Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Yeah, the Eagles are 14 point now. It's a cheap 14, but 14 point home favorites against the Giants. Jalen Hurts presumably playing. I was in Philadelphia the week they played at at New York uh, just a couple weeks ago, and they absolutely bludgeoned the Giants. The Giants with nothing to play for. So maybe Dallas sort of sees that. There is a situation, again, you know, you and I have certain bets where, you know, you could think about laying, you know, you could think about having, um, you know, taking a position on Dallas, you know, minus 245 or something to hedge with your commander's win total. There's not going to be a great hedge there, right? And I, I'd have to do the math there. But if you really want to, um, you know, take a position on Dallas in that game and then the Dallas takes a lead and then calls out the dogs, you can get a good number on Washington to come back and kind of, you know, get a, get a position there. You know, that that's playing with fire a little bit, I think too right. much um, for my blood, but that is a situation to consider. Um, one other game I want to talk about uh, with respect uh, that, that really does matter here. And that is the Tennessee Titans this is on Saturday, Tennessee going to Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, who we talked about on this podcast. I'm going to tout this a little bit. We took not Tennessee to win the AFC South at 14 to one, two podcasts ago, three podcasts ago. Um, because we, I, 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 I told you this on air, Ben, the path for Jacksonville was pretty simple and the Titans had a really tough schedule ahead of them. Right. The Titans have not won since they start seven and three. They're now seven and nine. The Jaguars have basically won all but their Detroit game, uh, since losing to Kansas City to fall to three to three and seven. Um, they are six and a half point favorites here, minus 277 on the money line, total 39 and a half. Um, you know, juiced over. They are going to start Josh Dobbs for the Titans, which is a real big indictment on Malik Willis. What do you think about in this game, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I very much think the Jaguars are the correct side. Um, kind of like you said, though, we are probably pretty levered up on Jaguars futures right now. Um, so I don't really think laying six and a half points is probably the best spot or really getting it good, getting it good. But there is the discussion of hedging or trying to middle in this situation, right? Obviously, if you saw the tea leaves or listened to this podcast previously, you're looking at like a 14 to one, you know, Jaguars to win this division. Maybe you have some of that in the preseason as well. Like we have, where you even have some Jaguars to make the playoffs, you know, at the plus 400 number that was pretty consistently out there in preseason. But the question for me becomes like, do you want to try and middle this one or do you want to try and hedge a little bit on the money line? And to be honest with you, I, it feels so strongly about the Jaguars that I actually am not really that interested in even looking at like a spread or even like an alt spread to plus three and a half for the Tennessee Titans to maybe get some plus money or, you know, a plus price opportunity like that. So I, I think like this is a spot where the Jaguars very clearly show that they are the best team in this division. So I really want no part of hedging or middling, even on some of those futures tickets, if that's going to be your approach from my perspective. Yeah, last week they had nothing to play for against the Houston team that had taken Kansas City to overtime, that had taken Dallas down to the wire. 
um, had played, you know, beat uh, this Titans team. Right. And, you know, the Jaguars beat them into submission. So uh, I think the Jaguars are rolling right now. I don't want to lay six and a half, um, but I would not hedge any futures you have on Jacksonville. You are holding a great, uh, a great uh, ticket. And, and you know, look like you, you chalk it up to the game, I think, in this case, if they end up losing outright. And in fact, they're so, they're so favored in this game that if, if it looks like early in that game that the Titans are doing great, you like you, you won't you won't be getting the best of it, but you can I think head, like if, if the game goes Titans seven nothing early um, or fourteen nothing early, you're still going to get decent prices on the Titans if you panic, right. if you certainly want them live. Um, you know, so again, you, again, you're playing with fire a little bit there, reasoning that way. But I, I do not think Jack, you know, that the Titans are in any way a bet here uh, to make. Um, the last one that I want to talk about before we talk about Detroit Green Bay um, is going to be. Uh, you know, this Bucks team plus five on the road against the Falcons. The Falcons with nothing to play for but pride. Uh, they were seven and nine, seven and ten last year in the first year under Arthur Smith. They're six and ten this year, uh, trying to match at least uh, their win total from a season ago. Um, the Bucks have nothing to play for. They can't move up to three. They can't move back anywhere from four. They did clinch that division coming from behind 14 nothing. I, I do wonder this, this thing started at seven and a half, I believe, moved all the way down to three, three and a half. It's come back down, come to five. Um, the Bucks are a bad football team when they're not mm-hmm. behind by 14 points. My my friend Rob Pizzola, who I do uh, some work with a hammer, uh, said, you know, he told his wife when they got down 14, he was holding a Carolina ticket. He's like, look, this ticket's screwed um, because the Bucks only come alive when they're down. In a game where they literally have nothing to play for, uh, I just don't see Byron Leftwich and company actually uh, going about their business. So while this looks like a a good number to get the bucks at at plus five. I just, I don't see it. Right. I, I don't see it either. I very much think they are the most likely team. I would say to rest. Obviously they still do have some injury concerns, especially along the offense line. If they lose Tom Brady, like it's a, a complete disaster. So even if he does get some reps here, um, you know, even for a quarter or something, I think this is very much a spot where they understand that they have nothing to play for and, and are very much going to approach it that way. My one concern with that mentality and a reason for maybe why you do want to wait is if we do end up pushing out, you know, a, a full week and a lot of these teams do get that by week already in place that could impact some decision making as far as like if teams are going to rest or not, or if they actually do need to rest or not, or if there's a concern of rust, if they are going to have a multiple week, you know, time off window coming up here before the playoffs actually start. So maybe that's a reason to wait. But, you know, outside of that, I would say it's Falcons minus four and a half or bust one final time with the Falcons. Uh, for the memories, I would say, or something like that. Yeah, I would almost. This is just me talking, but I would just lay off that game. And by the way, Ben brought up a great point. If if the games do move dates, you do have to check your books. Most books will void a bet if you make right. the bet and then the game changes dates. But you do have to check your books rules uh, just to make sure. So um, there's no Monday Night Football game, but there is a Sunday Night game. And Ben, you know, as somebody who has been you know, on the Lions bandwagon all year has said restore the roar. They start one and six. They've got to eight and eight. They've gone over the win total. They've gone over their alt win total. Uh, there's one more hurdle left for this Detroit Lions team, and that is to win this football game in Green Bay against the Packers to secure a winning record to knock the Packers out of the playoffs and to possibly, if Seattle loses to Los Angeles, uh, secure a playoff spot, a, 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 which got to four to one at some points during the offseason, Ben. This is interesting. I, I saw the stat. Goff has 23 touchdowns and three interceptions at home this year. He has just six touchdowns and four interceptions on the road. 
Um, he's notoriously been bad in cold weather. He's been wonderful this year, though. And the Lions have run the football really well. Um, you know, their, their offensive line has been great. The Packers, even though they have won four consecutive games, I still think are pretty soft defensively. Um, this is a game where, even though Detroit's getting five, uh, and it's an expensive five, plus 187 on the money line, total 49, I, 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 do, I, I do think that the – I mean, look, the Lions are better than the Vikings. The, the Vikings are the third-best team in the NFC North. The Packers just got off of laying three and a half, four against the Vikings. Detroit's better than them. Why are we getting a full five here? I think I have those teams a little bit closer than you do at this point in time. I think you have the, the Vikings with, with a very distant third. I would say even after their lot, most recent loss to the Detroit Lions, the Vikings are, I would say, at least in the same caliber, same boat as the Detroit Lions. So, uh, I don't know, man. I... I I just don't see Aaron Rodgers losing this game at this point. I thought you could, you know, for all intents and purposes, kind of bury the, the the Green Bay Packers on their 2022 season a few weeks ago. Very much, you know, was proven wrong by Aaron Rodgers here in this particular matchup. So I'm not really interested in lane minus four and a half with them, but I'm also very concerned about what Rodgers is going to be able to do um, once again here on Sunday night. So I know it's probably the most intriguing game, especially if Seattle does end up losing here earlier on in the, in the day, but uh, it, it's still very much a spot where I would probably be waiting until we have confirmation that the lions are playing for a playoff berth with a victory before probably locking in either side of this bet. Well, so that that's the reason I brought this up because I think, you know, obviously the plus five is leaning in on this idea that the the Seahawks are six and a half point favorites right. and the Rams are very likely to win that game. And then what does Detroit have to play for? But this team has covered all but one game, uh, you know, since they started one and six. And what what did they have to play for at one and six? You know, I, I, I do think that there's an aspect of them being underrated. There's two ways, in my opinion, to bet this, and there are plenty, and we've done this. You know, we did really well on this, by the way, Ben, last year. And, and you know, if we if we did, had done this podcast last week, you know, in alternate weeks, we probably would have talked about this a little bit more than we did here. Um, but there are some parlays that you can do um, right. that that will help you a little bit, right? So if you do think that the narrative is that the Lions will lay down a little bit if they have nothing to play for, um, then you probably are getting value if you parlay. Seattle money line with Green Bay money, Back, right? Yeah. Like I, I even spread, that, I guess, right? I mean, well, not, but it's not even spread so much. But you could, you could say, you know, Seahawks money line and then Packers spread for a better payout for right. sure. Um, you know that that certainly is it, and you will probably get closing line value there as you know we we you know you will get that number trending more towards Green Bay if Seattle does in fact take down the Rams. So that's a good point. Um, so that's one you know where those those two things are correlated as well. Um, again, if you do get, you know, Buffalo play, you know, Buffalo, if you, if you get that number reopened, if you do like, for example, Vegas, um, you know, you could parlay Vegas money line with Buffalo money line or Buffalo, um, parlay, sorry, Vegas money line with, uh, New England. Uh, if you think that that, you know, the, the Chiefs go down to the Raiders, then all that Buffalo has to do is win one of the next two games, assuming they play a week 19 game as a makeup. Again, there are these you know, different outcomes that are correlated with each other. Um, not as many as, as some years and, and right. would have been more, again, if we had a Week 17 podcast, you could have done some scenario building, much like we did last year. Um, I think last year, for example, with, with Green Bay, it was you know, Green Bay at home against Minnesota and then Detroit. 
against Green Bay the next week. And that one hit because Green Bay beats Minnesota. Then they have nothing to play for in week 18. They lay down in the second half. Detroit wins. Again, that was, you know, a a combination there that really worked out uh, for folks um, in week 17 and 18. But that, you know, those are just things to to consider in a cookup for what will be a great week 18. Uh, again, plenty to play for for the Eagles, plenty to play for for the Niners, um, you know, uh, as well as, you know, possibly the Cowboys and possibly the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, among others. Let's do one more discussion of a game because, you know, we had, uh, we, we were on the road. Uh, we got to see, uh, you know, uh, both college football playoff games. They were both barn burners. They were both a lot of fun. Nice. I don't think we were on either side of any of any of the winners, though, um, because we like both favorites in both games. So that wasn't very fun. We have two games, though. One on Sunday, January 8th, North Dakota State goes to South Dakota State for the FCS title. North Dakota State, you know, winners of many college football uh, FCS titles against South Dakota State. North Dakota State, though, is the underdog in this one, plus five. They do have a few players injured, uh, and that number has trended away from them. It's open at three and a half. It's moved out to five. Total on the game, 47 and a half. This is in Frisco, Texas, Ben. Uh, I'm inclined to take North Dakota State, the underdog, the team that's been there before. Um, but, you know, you would be going against market resistance here uh, in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, I mean, I know you're the you're 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 definitely the FCS expert more so than I am at this point. I'm not completely up to speed with the North Dakota State injury situation, but I I think if you do want that side waiting until closer to game time is probably going to be the most you know the best opportunity. You are going to get the best number at that point, especially if you have seen some early market resistance to that. So that may be a reason, probably the only reason to wait and take the Bison you know, on Sunday, basically, or sorry, on Saturday, basically, you know, instead of locking that in right now. But uh, I would probably definitely defer to you to what you would actually probably think is the best side for that particular matchup as well. Yeah, I would probably lean North Dakota State, but to your point, you probably can get plus six at close. So like, right. you know, wait on it a little bit. I, you know, I, I would have taken that at plus three and a half, to be honest with you. I think we make the game more like two and a half on a neutral. So that's just something uh, to consider. Um, and then finally, for all the, you know, the, all the marbles, Monday, January 9th, you, we get this game earlier than we normally get it. Usually there are two weeks between, uh, but we get just the one week between TCU, uh, you know, surprise winners against Michigan last week. They're 13 point underdogs of expensive 13 at minus 115 against Georgia. Uh, total on the game 62, expensive towards the over at minus 115. Uh, Ben, I'm going to just lay it out there. I like under and I like TCU. Um, yeah. I just don't think Georgia offensively, um, the, I just don't think they're as explosive and as, and as, you know, um, but yeah, I, I just think TCU is, is gritty enough and, and they're not going to win this football game, I don't think, but I think they're going to keep it close. I think they're going to muck it up. I think Georgia, I think Stetson Bennett makes enough mistakes where, you know, this thing, you know, stays close, much like the game against Ohio State. I think it's a lower scoring version of what we saw last week with TCU's game against Michigan, a much Michigan, a better team, but, TCU outbattles them and Georgia winning by, you know, uh, a hair uh, against Ohio State. Um, You know, I just think it's going to be a lot more like last week, but maybe a little lower scoring affair. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think if we didn't have two games, the college football playoff games, like skyrocket over the total or whatever. And last week, we probably have this number closer to like a 57 and a half, 58 number as well. So I do think there is value there on playing the under in this particular matchup. And if the, and if you do get the under, like TCU plus the points is very much probably the correct 
correlated side to that one as well. Like you said, I I don't really believe in Georgia's defense being all that great, but I also don't really love their wide receiver unit, right? Like obviously they have Brock Bowers, very good tight end, but outside of him, they just have a, a number of guys that they spread the football around along to and no one really dominates. And they are relying on some big plays from guys that are only running a few routes, you know, a, a game and kind of, you know, winning at the top of their routes over the defense. But I think that TCU is going to be able to kind of net, you know, negate the explosive big chunk plays, especially through the past game that Georgia very much needed, I would say, to emerge victorious in that college football playoff game. If that doesn't happen, you know, the under is going to stay there basically all game. And I do think TCU is going to keep it close enough to maybe have a shot to win, if not come, you know, heavily through the back door, I would say, towards the end of this game. Yeah, exactly. And, and Max Duggan, a player that, look, if this game got out of hand, you could very well see him go, get through the back door and, and, and lose the game by 11 or so or 10. And, and you win that bet anyway. You might not win the total if that was a game right. you under and they had to come through the back door to win uh, a game that they were, you know, losing by margin. But, you know, again, that's an out that you have there as well. So, uh, this has been a lot of fun, Ben. I can't wait to, uh, you know, get to the playoffs here. Like, like we said, um, you know, this was a, a, a tough, you know, situation as far as, um, you know, uh, this situation with Hamlin and, and Buffalo. We, we wish him and his family uh, you know, the very best, of course. And, 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 you know, he is in our thoughts and, and prayers as well. Um, but again, you know, this was, you know, was a very good podcast talking about the week, week 18 games, which we all anticipate will happen this weekend. So that was the NFL insights podcast for another week, uh, at Pinnacle podcast on all platforms. So follow, keep up to date on Pinnacle's latest shows, including the EPL insights and our upcoming Australian open tennis show with tennis data analyst Dan Weston. Keep across Pinnacle.com's page for the latest betting insight, including Mark Taylor's Game of the Week, Pinnacle's weekly NFL predictions article, and NCAA college football predictions. See you next week as we preview the NFL playoffs. So for Eric Eager, at Eric Eager underscore on Twitter, um, and Ben Brown, at PFF underscore Ben Brown, this has been the, the Pinnacle uh, in NFL Insights podcast. Uh, odds are correct at the time of recording. Please gamble. Responsibly.